Good evening. And thank you so much for joining us as we celebrate this beautiful Easter Vigil. We also want to welcome those who are joining us via live stream. We welcome you to our celebration as well. And I particularly welcome the families and friends of those who will join us in full communion at this Mass. Welcome to you as well. On Good Friday, I was sitting just three pews from the front of the church as the cross was placed here. And at one part of the ceremony, people were invited to come up and reverence the cross. I had a bird's eye view, and I could see so many things happening. First of all, that came to mind was there were some people that we've seen, that I've seen, that I haven't seen in a very long time. And I could see that they were older. I could see that their life has not been easy during the pandemic. The isolation did not go well for them. They looked tired and they looked weary. There were so many people who came up, several hundred. They were young, they were middle-aged, they were old. There were men, there were women. There were some people who were bereaved, some people coping with serious illness. So many gathered around the altar and at the cross. And it was a very poignant and very prayerful time. And what kept playing through my mind is a question that I was thinking about in preparing my homily. And the words is the word is the question that Jesus asked in John's Gospel, the first word that he spoke, what do you seek? And if I'd asked that question to everyone who came up, there would have been a treasure of prayer, a treasure of mystery in each of those answers. This question that Jesus asked, what do you seek, is incredibly profound. It's one that he asks today of each one of you. What do you seek? It is one he asked four times in John's Gospel. At the beginning, at the Passion, and at the Resurrection. And at the beginning of John's Gospel, two disciples are following him. And even something beautiful happens. Jesus turns and gazes at them. This is not something by accident. The gaze Jesus gives is incredibly profound because it is communicating a truth, that the truth that it is always God who takes the initiative in our life. The first gaze of Jesus, our first love, brought us into being. And this gaze that Jesus is giving to his disciples and asking him that question, asking them that question, what do you seek? Is first of all an invitation into discipleship, an invitation into companionship, into communion, to intimacy, 
and to oneness with other people. And this is a, something that's very profound indeed. For Anthony de Mello, the, the wonderful uh, Jesuit priest, Indian Jesuit priest, puts it very simply when he says, Behold God beholding you. And that beholding is an invitation that is given at all times. It is, as I said, our first love. There is a beautiful French uh, theologian who said that all creatures of the world gathered together cannot complete us. There is only one love that can complete us, and that is the love that Jesus Christ wants to share with us. That is why he says, what do you seek? We see him asking the same question at the Passion, when he was in the garden, undergoing the agony in the garden, the darkest and deepest and most difficult time in his life at that stage. And they come to arrest him. And once again he gazes at them and says, same question in a different way, what do you seek? Those with armed with, with swords and spears and anger and hatred, he still gazes at them and asks them, what do you seek? And he does this twice. But we all know that they don't meet his gaze and they don't answer his question. Instead, they take him away by force to crucify him. Jesus said in the gospel leading up to his death, when I am raised up on the cross, you will know that I am. How beautiful is that? Using the word I am, the same word for God. When I am nailed to the cross, you will know that I am God, because it is on the cross that I most resemble who God is. How profound is that? Because when he was nailed on the cross, he was most like God in his self-giving, in his reaching out and inviting people into that beautiful love that he has for them as well. It is truly a mystery that we enter into that we cannot fully comprehend, but we must enter into it more and more and more. When Jesus died on the cross, we saw that he was faithful to the God who loved him. And then when it came to the resurrection, we see that God was faithful to Jesus in raising him from the dead. Because the cross and the resurrection <clears throat> are two sides of the same coin. They're joined together. We cannot look at the resurrection without seeing the cross. And we cannot see the cross without seeing the resurrection. There are two sides of the same coin. And once again is at the resurrection that Jesus asks the same question once again. And this time he's asking it of Mary Magdalene. Now she was a, is a woman that deserves a greater ranking in our lives than she gets traditionally. She is very much revered 
in, in the Greek church and is becoming more and more revered in our own Catholic church. But at the, all the great doctors of the church, all the great teachers, had a beautiful term for her. They called Mary Magdalene the Apostle to the Apostles. How a beautiful title is given to her. She is the Apostle to the Apostles. And why do we give her that beautiful title? A very rare title. Let us look at the story of the resurrection. <clears throat> she goes to the tomb. And finding it empty, the two other women disappear, go back, she stays. She is deeply traumatized because she has lost Christ and she's looking for his body. It is not by accident that this event happens in a garden, reminding us of the Garden of Eden. Something new is happening, something that has never happened since the beginning of creation, something that will change humanity forever. That is the resurrection, a new creation is taking place. And that is why um, we see how Jesus encounters the risen Lord, encounters Mary Magdalene. First of all, there is the question, why are you weeping? So once again we see in the garden at the resurrection, there is care for why Mary is weeping. And then there is the sin, once again, what do you seek? What do you seek? She is lost. She is searching for Jesus, the risen Lord. Little does she know that she is the one who is being searched for. And she is the one who Jesus, the risen Lord, wants to found. The lost and the found. And that is what God does. He seeks out the lost and, the, and he finds them. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, he restores the relationship in a new way by calling her by name Mary. Restoring the intimacy in a new way of Mary discovering the first love once again within her. But this time in a new way that death cannot even take away. Mary searching for the risen Lord in her trauma is something that a lot of people have to do when they are traumatized themselves and they feel that God has abandoned them. <clears throat> that is why it is so important that they listen to other voices because those other voices can reveal to them the presence of the risen Lord in their life. I will conclude by telling a very brief story about um, another priest, a German priest, who wrote a book about the saints. And he wrote it very beautifully, and why I mention this is that he was one of, I'll come to that in a minute, but he, he spoke about Mary Magdalene. And when he spoke about Mary Magdalene, he says, when she left the Garden of Eden and went back to the apostles, 
she didn't have to say anything at all because her whole being her whole body her whole soul was overflowing with joy and that he wrote that book and that book was one of the two books that Saint Ignatius of Loyola read when he was going through his conversion on his sickbed and that is something that Saint Ignatius said after reading that book he said when we contemplate the risen Lord we should all pray for one grace and the grace is that the grace that we pray for is a grace to share in the joy of the risen Lord a joy that we can't manufacture ourselves a joy that is a gift and can only be given and that's what I want you to pray for when I conclude we'll just have a moment of silence that each one of us at this special and beautiful vigil may pray for a share in the joy of the risen Lord the joy that Jesus experienced when he rose from the dead and that God rose him from the dead and when he realized this the joy he must have felt and this is what we are to pray for this share in this joy and as you sit here and pray for that pray for your loved ones maybe your parents maybe your children maybe you somebody that you know who needs joy in their life so let us just pause for a minute and just pray silently for a share of the joy of the risen Lord in our lives. <laughs>